0: And welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky, where Each Week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. This week I sat down with the rather incredible Freddie Harrell and I'm sure if you don't know the name, you will know her face and her amazing beaming smile. Have a look on Instagram. Her smile and her presence is infectious and her energy was everything that I hoped it would be. So Freddie is a style blogger. She's also a confidence coach and she's an entrepreneur. She has a business called Big Hair No Care and she's also a mum to a gorgeous little boy who is nearly two. So Freddie and I chatted about how she transitioned from corporate finance, can you believe, into fashion blogging and how therapy and her experience of accepting and integrating the different parts of her enabled her to do that her blog originally was her musings on therapy so it was really interesting to hear her story from there to where she is today
1: when I realized that people who were working with me would talk about it outside of work and would really be into it. Like, hold on, so you like that? It's not just your job? You're like, I oh, so passionate. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm never going to go further than those guys that are obviously passionate. So that's how I knew. Actually. We talked
0: about how she has used spiritual and law of attraction ideas, such as gratitude and vision boarding and visioning, to get her where she is today, which obviously i absolutely loved as you know that's my jam so uh yeah that was wonderful to chat about that and hear how she uses it
1: i started to recognize the strength and the beauty in all of those different aspects characters whatever you want to see them of me now i
0: really feel like i'm this collective of women We talked about motherhood and guilt came up quite a lot with how she is managing to grow her personal brand as well as her businesses whilst juggling having a two-year-old. So we talk about that.
1: I think because I've worked the whole time, there's like some guilt around that. Like sometimes I say for my next pregnancy, I want to drink smoothies with other mums and go and do like baby mama like yoga. Like I haven't done any of that.
0: So as always if you enjoyed the episode then please do leave a review, let Freddie and I know what you thought on Instagram at motherkindzoe or drop me an email zoe at motherkind.co and here it is, I hope you enjoy it. So Freddie welcome to the podcast, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. thank, In your, thank you beautiful Zoe. home on the most sweltering day of the year. Hottest of the year, yeah. It's ridiculous.
1: I'm sweating as I speak.
0: <laughs> and how do you find the summer? Because I was reading one of your blogs, doing my research, which we do. <laughs> and you were talking about the summer being quite a hard time for you. So how is it going this summer? So summers for
1: me, I find them difficult, but then... Like, I ask myself, my birthday is 2nd of July, and I think for me, your birthday is also a bit like, you know, like that New Year feeling. Definitely. So you look at, like, what have I done the last year? And then, like, I can be really tough on myself, and it's like, you haven't done enough, you haven't done this. But sometimes, even without going this review, you, you still have this feeling, because, you know, it marks the end of something. So even without going through everything that has been happening, I still have that sort of blue feeling. So that's why, like, this summer, I feel like this is the summer to debunk. All of this. I think the half part, like the beginning of the second half of the year as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: summer solstice. Yeah, so
1: it's a bit like the review. And yes, I think it's linked to all of that. Cancer season. I feel like the cancer season does that to you as well. This year, I know that summer, because I've known now, like I know summer is a very transitional period for me. And it starts in a really hard way, but usually comes. September I'm very much more like refreshed and then really like feeling renewed I know that I always come out of this with growth and that's just like a growing pain Mm. so this year I'm trying to approach it because I know what the outcome is which is growth how can we go through that as friends hand in hand together
0: what's your process (laughs) through that then how do you connect to that part of you to get the insights to grow are you journaling are you having therapy
1: So I'm not currently having therapy, although this is something that I should definitely go back to. I had found someone that I wanted to get in touch with. Not actually, message her back in May because I found her just like locally around the corner. And I found her card and it was there on her card it mentioned past life, energy. And I was like, oh my God, yes. I didn't realize that you had, because I hadn't made the research, that you had therapies that had also that spiritual. Yeah, there's a love. lot of things. A lot of that. And I emailed her and I was like, I think this is a synchronicity, like we need to meet. And she was like, yes, buddy, I'm taking clients up until my maternity leave in July. So I just didn't reply because I was like, I would need more than two months. She wanted to do two months. But for me right now, I would love to find, it would be longer, you know, like I lost my father eight months ago, almost nine. And then I haven't talked to someone in that capacity since that and definitely need to. So therapy is definitely something that I want to do now but then otherwise, yeah, I journal. And then I've made that pact for myself for my journal that I would do it at least every other day until the 31st of August. Because sometimes I do it a bit less. I wanted initially to do it every day, but not enough happened. And also to meditate every single day. So I have this app that I use. And, you know, like it gives you the streak of days you've been doing it in a row. Yeah, is that calm? So, yes. Yeah, I So because calm. of this, you know, like you feel like... You have
0: to do it because yeah. I like seeing the oh wow congratulations like twentieth day uh, in a row. That's why I use it because I'm a meditation teacher and people will say to me why do you use an app and I'm like because I'm basically goal orientated and I like seeing all the green little circles. <laughs> yes, that's me. it and how they link to each other yeah. and then
1: like they're like you're a star oh, yeah. like congratulations on your like hundred and so do, do
0: you meditate every day?
1: Yes, yeah, so I do with the app, but like. Like, now I'm on a 18 days, I think, strict. But before, sometimes I fall off a bit. If I miss it in the morning or earlier during the day, I find that in the evening, sometimes I find it harder to do, which is probably when I should do it then. Yeah, I do
0: mine every evening. Yeah? I've played around with it since becoming a mum because my practice was really strong before I had Jesse in oh, the morning. But wow. now mornings are a bit manic. yeah yes. So it's yes. sort of like... And then I started getting up earlier and it just didn't work for my body. So now I do evenings and that does seem to work.
1: Yeah, I should do evening and not night. Because Sometimes I think about it before going to sleep and then I do a sleep one. But then, yeah, you know, it's not really. Sleep yet. ones are so good. The same, yeah. Like, it's so cheesy. Yesterday we tried one with Tom, but we just like tried to like kind of like hug and just focus on each other's breath. We did five minutes just to like, as a joke, it was great. We yeah. loved it. Like, it really kept us in it because you just follow the breath and it's just weird and it's
0: like so do you notice when you don't meditate a difference in you not so yeah sometimes no i feel right now you should meditate
1: or what, you should what's have, that because your mind is getting too busy too busy and also when i am not friendly enough yeah like in my thoughts because okay. i like when i do the meditation i like the themes and then i do a lot about like the self relationship with self series i love that series i do a lot about myself and then i love meta uh, so like love and kindness that's something i'm really obsessed with as well i love that like i have uh, anger and frustrations and you know like i've been through loss uh, recently and everything and like the love and kindness is something that really grounds me a lot so if i miss that one too much I don't think it's good for me.
0: (laughs) And what's your relationship like with yourself? Are you able to extend that loving kindness inwards, or are you quite hard on yourself?
1: I'm a bit of both. I'm definitely better. Before I was a total, I was a total nightmare. That's how I went to therapy the first time. You know, it was just like I just hated myself, and that's where she and uh, comes from, like from the hate. Yeah, of, I want to uh, get, I want to get into this. Yeah, but then otherwise, no. Like I'm much better. Like I like when I meditate to kind of picture myself hugging myself, and when I do that, I really look into every detail. Like I know how I look, so I imagine how it would feel to hug me or to smell I me. I hug myself
0: all the time. <laughs> (laughs) Seriously. Well, the the studies on it are pretty mind blowing. Really? Yeah, our bodies don't know the difference between getting a hug from someone else and getting a hug from ourselves. So actually, Mm. when we hug ourselves, we release the same serotonin, calming hormone, happy hormone as when someone else hugs us. So, I'm always telling my coaching clients like when things are hard, like give yourself a little, even gentle touch. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, there's the butter on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, know. it's amazing. The studies on it are pretty phenomenal in terms of how much it can help in the moment. Just calm that cortisol oh, and the, the stress hormone. I need to do it because I visualize yeah. myself, yeah. myself but yeah. I don't do, do it. it. People think yeah. I'm mad. I'm walking around like striking my arm. Like, honestly, it's so
1: all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really comforting. It's, yeah, because I love doing that to Tom or to Hugo.
0: So, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. So, I'm really interested in the journey of what it was like when you were in that self hatred going on your inner journey and then coming out the other side and launching She Unleashed. So how was your self-hatred manifesting? Like, were you doing jobs you hated? What did it look like for you? I think for me, self-hate
1: anyway started very, very early. So it's hard to say how it would really manifest because I had it throughout Right, my okay, childhood yeah. teenage years and stuff so for me it was really like it started from the feeling that there was a lot of people in my head you know like I'm really into introspection like I think a lot like I stay in my head and like think a lot and that's easy to just direct those thoughts against you for me it really felt like there was a lot of people in my head and they never seemed to agree they always seem to just want different things or say different things you know it's really like I love this but I love that I want this but I want that and then like for me it was the source of my problem you know like the 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 fact that I was inhabited by all of these freddies that just hated each other and they just were all disconnected and Mm. I just hated myself. I felt like I was a mess. Mm. I felt like I was was crazy. really
0: common. Yes,
1: I know. Like now that I talk about it, everyone, like I receive messages on a weekly basis, people telling me how like they relate so much that they can't believe that I've struggled. I'm like, no, I still do (laughs) because I look so happy. But no, like it's like both are very separate. But absolutely, yeah, that self-hate was really... Yeah, there's a lot of people in my head that don't make sense. And looking at other people, feeling like they all have everything figured out. Right, yeah. They all feel balanced. They all know. It's just really insecurity. So, yeah, and then when further, like in my 20s, it was, yeah, I didn't like my jobs. But I changed jobs and career a lot. i never had a job for more than a year. I started my career in banking. Did you? And then, yeah, yeah, I have a master's in finance. I wanted to be a trader Oh wow. yes. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah, know. Definitely. That. Oh I was such a massive. That's the same as wannabe me. Banker. My degree's
0: in economics. Was it? Yeah. And so did you work in like finance or banking? Well, I went to work at BMW, which was like not city but still as formal and Yeah, very formal. So all I wanted was to be like CEO in a big high rise. Like yeah. that was my dream when I was twenty.
1: For me it was just like get on the yeah. path of evolving in a company, but for me it was not I want to work in banking, I want to yeah, uh, yeah just be very So like, did a you
0: did you work in yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I did for a year and a half, I worked for Société Générale, so I was in oh, yeah. France, yeah, so in La Défense, which is our city, you know, like in those huge towers, and I worked for, yeah, like in portfolio management, for manager, I was doing risk measurement wow. And assessment. Wow, did you
0: hate it? I did, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I did. I didn't stay long. I didn't stay long. Like, I left it seems so unlike you, like yes, the energy I that I get from you and then I can't imagine you in like a black suit.
1: But this is what happens when you just like try to reject everything that you are and to impose what you think is yes. your idea that of success smart. Yes. and your yeah. idea of what a decent person is. But it's you the know? shoulds, yeah. isn't it? It's the
0: shoulds. We should, yeah. we should yeah. get a good degree and we should get a good oh job. Oh my God,
1: like at that stage, I was ready to flush everything about me like the only thing that I had that I was certain and that I love about me is that I've always been good at school so I've always felt smart so that's why you know I'm like what is the best way to prove to the world that I am smart it's like very similar at the time make. it felt like yeah, yeah like numbers right <laughs>
0: like, yeah oh. the hardest thing in the world yeah, I think <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah I, like I can't count <laughs> but anyway <laughs> but yeah so now you came from that the banking yeah it was awful so I did that for a year and a half but then I realised that I had to go because I knew I wouldn't evolve. Like, I knew that I wouldn't make a success. So I didn't leave because I didn't like it. I left because when I realized that people who are working with me would talk about it outside of work and would really be into it. Like, hold on. So you like that? It's not just your job? Like, i oh, so passionate. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm never going to go further than those guys. are obviously passionate. So that's how I knew I had to leave. And then I moved to digital marketing. So I did, like, an MBA in e-business. And then I, so I went back to school, yeah, did this, and then I started working in digital marketing. So I moved to London then, and I worked uh, media side. I worked for Ogilvy for like a year. I worked in SEO initially. So still very kind of like the cautious side of it. And then I moved to fashion, but not fashion. I moved to digital marketing, but just ASOS gave me my first job. I was their sales and marketing France manager. So I was looking up to France and I really looked at the French market. It was amazing. And then I worked for Vistia Collective and for Topshop, still doing that. And then it's later on, then I started the blog. I mean, I started the blog when I was at Topshop, but not doing what I liked. I hated it. At some point, you know, I started it and then I was like, I don't like do digital marketing but here I am surrounded by all of this clothes and <laughs> I wanted to do something about it I want to work in fashion but I didn't feel like I was doing fashion because I was just doing spreadsheets
0: yeah and stuff like yeah that. so how did you transform that self-hatred and then start becoming I guess you in all your wonderful technical yeah. like tell us about that journey Mm -hmm. so I think it's definitely through my 20s that got this
1: made my dad helped me so much in layering the groundwork for that like he was my ultimate support throughout all of it because also you know it's like first you know like mental health is quite taboo anyway and then you know like I'm French but I'm also my parents are from Cameron I'm African and it's even more Taboo thing, You know, it's almost like depression is like a white people thing, you know? Like, we don't do that. Like, we you know we're stronger. Like we can't afford to, like, have these feelings. So it's quite like, taboo, but my dad has always been very connected. Like, my dad was very, very spiritual and connected with these things. So I could talk to him. Like, I have countless... Like 400 emails between him and I, like a lot, like a lot of support. Like, I would really go to him openly and say, So, you know, I want to die, and like, these are my reasons, you know, like really asking him permission. I was like, Some people, you know, like love life, and I really cut for it. Some people love swimming, some people don't. Some people love life, some people don't. And then, what if I tell you, like, what if you know that someone you love would be happier not being alive? Surely you have to let them go, you know. And then he was like, No, and then I like, talked to him, you know, but like, there was really this thing. He really encouraged me to think a lot to keep this that i felt were deadly you know but that i think this and i think that and i think this and he would always help me dig okay why do you think this and why that and why this and why that so he was almost like a therapist he was my therapist he was the first one who sent me to therapy i did my first therapy when i was 17 and he was the one who sent me and i was like but i'm not crazy and he was like well i did one am i crazy and i was like no, you're not and then you know so then i went and then so there was that so i was unhappy my early 20s struggling and then I had like a horrible boyfriends, etc. When I was living in England, after I had broken up with my boyfriend, I moved to England for, I thought it was so. Anyway, I was really sad. I met Tom later, and then like Tom was straight away my best friend. Before being my boyfriend, he was just my best friend. And then like I moved to this job that I really loved at the time. So, like, yeah, at ASOS, the first one. And then like Tom and I found an amazing flat we moved into when before that I was living in my friend's house or whatever. And then summer hits, right? It's like summer happens, depression. I'm having panic attacks. Like, it's no man's business every night. Can't sleep, you know, like a you're just Panic attack for me is like, I feel like I'm in a tunnel. Like, it's very dark and then there's no way out. Like, there's no perspective to come out of it. And I don't know, it's just, it feels like it's the end of the world. Yeah. But there's no reason, there's no trigger. It yeah, yeah. It just is. And then summer, like, they keep piling up. Like, they kept coming and coming and I knew I didn't like this job and I knew I wanted to leave the job that I was in but where I was going to go would be the same you know it would be like you know like different jail I like felt the quite same. trapped at that time I felt trapped but at the same time I was like you know what no like I am happy outside of that I was finally making friends you know after being like for like it was maybe like almost two years in London I was finally making friends I had this amazing boyfriend I was like making good money and all of that and I was like no 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 this year, we're pulling the plug, like, this is not happening. And then that's when we told them, I was like, I just want to go to therapy. And the same week that I started to go to therapy, also that week, my mom and my sister and my nieces they wanted to come and stay with us. And my mom, they had never come and see me in London so far. And I knew I couldn't always be up at night at 3 a.m. sitting in my living room. I was like, how do you explain that? So I was like, I need to go to th- start therapy before they arrive. The same week I started therapy, this is the week I launched the blog alongside of it, because I went to this woman and I was like, so listen, uh, there's a lot of people in my head, a lot of freddies. They don't get along. I'm crazy. Help me out. And then she was like, interesting. Okay, so who are these freddies? Because that's when I just realized that, you know, like I was hating all of these people in my head and all of these different freddies that I thought I was made of, but maybe actually I just didn't know them. So it was kind of like, actually, maybe I should give them the benefit of the doubt. And instead of saying, I don't like you, Okay, maybe I say, hey, who are you?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Let's chat. Yeah. So the blog started like that. Like, I would go to her, to the therapist, and I wanted to talk about different aspects of myself, and I sometimes love to refer to me as, I okay, but that one, she's like this, and she does that, and she's this. And then, like, the blog was kind of, like, the fun, you know, like, exploring these characters. Not them particularly, but, you know, like, feeling like there was a lot to explore. Basically, like, it was pointing everything more inwards, but in a... Playful way. I feel like I've always looked inwards a lot, but in a very negative light. And the blog was right. a way to do it.
0: So it was really like a inner a journal. Oh my god! In what? That's how it started. It was, I and know. it was called "I Go By Frankie." It wasn't
1: Freddie. Oh my god, no! What was it called? I Go By Frankie. I Go By Frankie. Yeah, like it wasn't Freddie. Like Freddie came two years after the blog. I put my real name on it. But initially, sure. I, I, I was like, I wouldn't. Journeys. Yeah, and no, I was like, no, because I just thought. And then if people were nasty, you know, drugs yeah. on them because they think they're nasty to me, but I'm not Frankie, so you know, go ahead. <laughs> so it was like it was a way to kind of like start revealing yourself, but at the same time protecting your identity. And then what felt like the most important part, which is not my name, is not the most important part. But when you feel like you change your identity, yeah. You feel like that's not where you are. A
0: lot of people start that way, don't they? Anonymous blogging or changing their name to get the confidence. Yes, yeah. So what did writing about that inner journey do for you then? Did you feel like you integrated all those parts of you and started to love who you were?
1: Yeah, definitely. I started to recognise the strength and the beauty in all of those different aspects, characters, whatever you want to see them of me. Now I really feel like I'm this collective of women. You know, like I am this team, all of these women that I need to be, I just need to find them. If I need to find someone today, like I need to find like this badass woman who's going to, you know, like go to this meeting and seal the deal for me, I can find her inside of me. If I need to go and find that woman who's just going to be overly compassionate because I'm going to talk to someone who has hurt me, but I want to repair this thing. If I need someone much more patient and loving and compassionate, that woman is in me as well. I just need to find her and bring her out. So it's a bit like a Swiss knife. Now that's how I look at myself. I'm just like, whatever I think I'm missing is because I haven't found it yet. And I just need to, like, address whatever I'm doing to go to finding her. And then just going to reveal herself. So even now, I'm definitely, like, I haven't uh, realized my full potential, like, my full team. And it's fine because that's a journey I've decided to embark back on. And that journey will end when my life ends. And,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally the same. For me, the most exciting part of life is that inner journey. Yes, by it far. to. Be. Yes, because otherwise, far. what else? Otherwise, what else? It's what just else? getting yeah. more stuff or a bigger house. I mean, who cares? No. It's just not... It doesn't interest or excite me anymore.
1: No, me neither. I've always been massively into self-help and development, but now
0: it's definitely much more spiritual. So tell us um, what your spiritual practices look like. So meditation clearly is is a strong spiritual yes. practice. What, so what else that, are you doing like, to connect to that part of you? But, like,
1: now I've learned to really read better and harder into everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I really believe that everything happens for me, although sometimes I get tired of the lesson. But I know Just that explain
0: I, that for people who might be hearing that for the first time. So the what difference I've, between life happening to us and for us.
1: Yes. So, you know, like, I'm here with... It's growth. Like, I'm really obsessed with growth, with growing and with becoming a better person. And for me, becoming a better person is all through love. So finding more love, finding more compassion and just more wisdom, because that's what makes me feel less anxious and just better in, in my skin. And I got sucked from jobs. I got dumped terribly by some boys. I've been mistreated. But like, looking back now, you know, I'm just all of these things... I'm pleased that everything happened. You know, we often look back like, oh my God, like when I got sacked, I thought it was the end of the world. And then you realize two years later, you're like, oh, there's nothing that happened to me. We are good at looking back like this, but like the hardest is to see it on a daily basis how these things happen for you as they happen to you, not looking back. That's why
0: I think journaling is so important. People are often like, why are you so obsessive about journaling? And I'm like, because I don't think you can see the gifts and the lessons just in our sort of... In the small things, yeah. I started
1: to understand to what's happening. You know, it's like this year has been crazy because I've been so tuned in. You know, like you meet someone just randomly and then two weeks later, because you've met that person, it means that this has happened. I just can't, like, I don't want to go... I don't know if I can go into... Really strong details, but even... I know that the way that you spoke... Like, I know that you interviewed Michelle Kennedy, for example, last week. And yeah. then when I met Michelle last summer, like, Michelle changed my life. Like, she did. Like, she knows because, like, I tell her... How did her, she change
0: your life? We just had a conversation.
1: It was about business, and I was stuck about something, about business. And then she was just like, "Freddie, funny. Like, why don't you do this and that? And then I was like, oh, but what is this? And then she explained a few bits. And then I just went home and I researched it, and that led me to meet some people who, at the time, helped me... With the business at a time where I was just like, right now, I don't know what to do. I want to open a window and jump. And by meeting these people, the opportunities that came through that and the thing that I found out about myself, about the business, about... I mean, if you start to just unpick everything out of the people that you meet, the conversations that you have, I've had people where... We bump into each other. Are we on the same trip? And then, like, that person has lost their dad too, you, you know? That's not just random that we're just here having that conversation about this and that. But in so
0: many ways, like, now I just see it everywhere, yeah. everything yeah. that I do. It sounds like what I call that is a life in flow. Yes, yes. That's how I feel. Mm. And I know what that feels like. It feels amazing. It's just really like trying hard to... Like earlier you mentioned my award that I had and you were like,
1: did you know it was coming? And I was like, no. I didn't even know I would go to that event, you know? Usually I know because I had just come back from somewhere, I can't remember where, and I wouldn't have gone there. I wouldn't have stayed home and slept but still, I went. And I remember even when I went there, at some point they were playing some music and it was so odd because there was three songs in a row that I know my dad loved and they were not, like, mainstream songs at all. So that was odd. Yeah. But, you know, like, if you don't pay attention, you're just like, whatever. And then, like, I won't do a award. I'm not saying it's my dad or anything, but I'm just saying, paying attention to these things it makes you feel less lonely. When it's not my dad's influence that I feel, I definitely feel my universe influence. I manifest a lot. And I pray a lot. I'm not religious, so I don't pray to any God. I pray the universe. I definitely ask yeah same you know like when I can't cope sometimes like recently my grief has been really heavy at times and I the universe please help me go through this in like in a much easier way in a much softer way please help me see the beauty in all of that and then every morning in my shower I list out loud everything I'm grateful for and I go into details usually I start with my dad I say thank you the universe for giving me amazing dad for 30 years for months Aww. and then you know and I, and I moved on to I don't know, the bed I slept in to my husband and my son and my mom and my sister and I've my friend and I, I like to go through all of my friends' names and you know like I give shout out. Sometimes I mention some friends, sometimes others <laughs> and stuff. And it's also if I'm journaling. Last last conversation with someone was mind blowing. Thank you, the universe. Oh my god, like last time lunch with this girl, you know, and then you say that and you just feel so much more. Happy and excited and because you feel so grateful for everything that you've had, Mm. you're more confident in all of the things that you can continue to have Mm. and receive.
0: What's your intention, I guess you're already doing, of applying that life view, I guess, into your parenting? Are you able to see the gifts and the flow with your son? When it comes to motherhood and
1: reading signs, it's harder because I think like Freddie the mother is much more insecure than like Freddie Freddie. So, okay. like, with, talk to us about that. Um, I feel a lot of guilt, like, constantly at many levels. But it starts from the fact that really none of my friends have kids. When I gave birth and when I was pregnant, we were living in Geneva, and I had no friends there, so I was on my own. I was very isolated. It's hard. And when I was in Geneva, all I, this is when I set up big hair care, so I was starting a business while being pregnant. I just wanted out of Geneva, so I knew that I had to really like work hard for us to have more reasons to go back to London. So I didn't take a leave; like I took a week off, and then I was just working
0: the Gosh, whole time. I've how never... did you cope with that mentally? Because I guess there's, you know that any baby isn't sleeping much, whether you're breastfeeding no, or whatever. I was just doing, you're just... Yeah, no, it was uh,
1: yeah, breastfeeding was so painful. It was so like yeah, very depressing. It was hard, but you know, and then also Hugo for the first three months, I just couldn't put him down. Even to go to the bathroom or anything, I just couldn't. So no, I would just have him on the, having my laptop and having him. I mean, you know, when they're tiny, they just like sleep all the time anyway. It's like, what else would I do? I didn't have friends. So it's not like yeah. I'm going to walk out of my house and go where, you know? Yeah, you like the coffee shops
0: and the... No,
1: yeah. oh my God, not in Geneva especially. I mean, there's like, it's just depressing. So... I think because I've worked the whole time there's like some guilt around that like sometimes I say for my next pregnancy I want to drink smoothies with other mums and go and do like baby mama like yoga like I haven't done any of that like I haven't I didn't do any NCT classes like so I didn't have any pregnant friends I mean I had one friend who was pregnant but she was overweight and that was overweight and you know we were not together. So there's that guilt. I feel like I haven't I don't know. And then obviously then we moved back to London and the same day we moved back to London. I had a shop in Brixton last summer when we moved back. So we moved back the same day we arrived back, we went to signed the lease. We moved in that flat the day after we opened the shop. But wow. the shop we get it, we had to paint it, how old do it, it, do it out. Seven months. Wow. So you had to stay in Paris. So there's a lot of that. Like in what I do when oh, so I work you
0: stayed with your with your my mom. parents. Yeah, oh, with
1: your parents. Yeah, my parents, but like I'm the youngest. I have two brothers and one sister. And then I have five nieces. So like Hugo is the first boy. So like my family they're very, very involved. Like last summer, Hugo was just when we moved here, I said for three weeks with my parents. Oh,
0: that's so
1: um, nice for all of them. That's really good. Yeah. But you know, outside of that, like you must feel like a terrible person when some mums are like, "Oh my god," uh, you know, like oh, I haven't seen my son in twenty four hours. I'm gonna feel awful. And I'm like, try two weeks, you know. And
0: I'm like, and when people, did you really miss him? Were you so focused on work? That's the
1: thing. That's where I also feel guilty. So in June this year, because last year we were for three weeks apart. This June we were for three weeks apart again. So last year I was opening a shop in London and this June I was opening a shop in New York. New York, yeah. Can't bring Hugo. We went there with Tom and then the jet lag and you have to be on constantly. When I'm not running the shop and then setting it up, I'm like doing press interviews and stuff. When I'm there, I don't really miss him. Because if I feel a feeling of loss, towards the end, I really did, it was hard. And I I don't look at photos anymore. I just stop, I just pretend you don't exist. That's how I cope. But when I think, okay, you miss him, would you want him with you right now? And I'm like, no, because I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Also
0: I think, do you think it might be a cultural thing that that whole like takes a village, and I yeah. totally believe that. And it sounds like you've got a really strong yeah. village around you. Oh, yeah, and I'm an African. I mean, that's yeah. an african here for Yeah, them. that's what I mean. Oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. That, I think that's the way it's meant to be. And it's all the mean, yeah. studies that I've read, I've read a lot, about this, say that that's how we're meant to raise children. Yeah. We are meant to pass them around other family members, extended family. It's not meant to be mum and baby on her own that's what for it the first... Be couple of years so to me it just sounds like you've got a great village that oh you were... thank
1: you there's a lot of kids like even my sister-in-law so she's moroccan so she's french moroccan she even during the week sometimes her daughters just sleep at her mom's all yeah. week yeah. and she goes and visits them after work but then she goes back to her house without them and then they go to school close to her mom's and then when her mom goes to morocco she would take one of the girls for the whole month and then like everyone is fine with that it's so why the guilt? The culture? I think the guilt is just social media. Social media right. is like the people who, and all of the wordings. I mean, someone came to me one day, like, saying, I do attached parenting. I was like, what, what is that? You know, like, all of these
0: things, like, like you know, like, the new you ways of, like,
1: attached parenting. No, I
0: didn't. Did I? If you didn't put him down for three months, which is what you said, that's 20, what it is. And I could sleep. Like, he had a... He did had like a he did These are just trail. labels on things. You know, that's what you did. You're right.
1: Yeah, did Yeah, that woman, was, <laughs> her son was a one and she was still doing it. Like, I wasn't. But I think it's, like, kind of like social media when you see some people who feel like, oh, my God, like, the second I laid my eyes on you, I knew my life. Like, it was blah, blah, blah. And then I... I, I wouldn't like, say that even now my son is 20 months. I don't think that I feel like, oh my God, now my life has a complete different meaning. I wouldn't say that. And I feel ashamed to say that, but yeah, I don't yeah. feel...
0: It's important to say stuff like that though, because I think all these things that we give birth and fall in love with our babies, that is such a myth. Yeah. Like, I've actually not spoken to one mother who experienced that. Really? Not one, oh, thank you. Not one mum has said to me, yeah, I gave birth, everything hurt, I felt sick, and I instantly fell in love. I don't think one has, actually, no. For me, I definitely fell in love with Jessie, like, four or five months in. Yeah. I felt like I was just caring. I deeply cared. That was how yes. I described it. Like, I wanted her to be well and safe.
1: Yes, Didn't yes. have
0: that feeling, that rush of love, till she was about four or five months. That started to grow.
1: Yeah, well, for me, so I would normal. say, like, even longer. I definitely cared the whole time. And, you know, like, he's so cute, you know, just, like cute and so small and like it's so adorable and then yeah this you know like i want to care for you i just wanted to be the happiest and everything i just love that but at the same time i'm someone who is much more practical than that like you hear me i need to talk to, yeah. to people yeah he's not giving me anything back and then that means that i'm not going to completely be like absorbed by someone even if he's my son who can't really convey his feelings or his opinions, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, yeah, but you know, I was saying that Tom is Cindy because Tom is much better with like babies, babies. Yeah. There's some sometimes some, I feel bad, but then I think that I'm someone who is better with young children, yeah. you know. Like, I think
0: it's really good to know that. About my mum in law said that to me. She was like, I'll help you with Jesse, but to be honest, she was like, I'll come into my own when she's four. She's like, I'm way better when I can interact with them. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you for saying that. Like, it's my mum-in-law. I was like, that's so honest. And I know what to expect from you. And whereas my mum was like, I'm really into the baby bit, but I'm not sure what I'm going to be like when she's older. It's like, yeah. is such good. Yeah,
1: there's good balance. I know, but yeah, you have everything. You perfect. Yeah. Well, I don't know about yeah. that, but I think that's what's important. Yeah, I'm excited to be Hugo's guide, support, I think sometimes when I'm really carried away by the guilt of feeling like I'm a bad mother I just take the word mother out and I ask myself, so what do you want to be to him? And then, yeah. you know, I know that I'm, like, very spiritual and I'm really, you know, like, I'm very onto all of this growth thing and I know that there's a lot I can pass on to him. I also really believe that he chose to be mine, just to come into my life, just to be my child. He also chose to come into my life one year before I would lose my father, who was my best friend. And, you know, that was my dad's first grandson. My dad had five granddaughters. So Hugo's middle name is my dad's name. Aww. So Hugo is called Jean-Claude. But I was born the year... My my dad's mother passed so my middle name is Marie-Louise that's my mother so it's like I like I love the symbol that you know that there's again like Marie-Louise raising a Jean-Claude you know it's like he's disrespecting himself that also why sometimes I struggle because he's very much a daddy's boy and I've just lost my dad so when I feel like I have my mini Jean-Claude to see me through actually I don't because it's like go away I want my dad how do you
0: handle that
1: I cry. Like, Tom helps me through this a lot.
0: No, I don't. I talk, personal. So I, talk
1: to my friend. I talk to my friends about it. And then I talk on Instagram, you know, like I did the post where I was like, I'm definitely not the favorite in this house. And lots of women replied that they could relate. So yeah. that really helped. I just think it's a phase. It's a phase it's going to change. Like yesterday I asked for a kiss and he came and he kissed me on the lips. And I was like, oh, my God. And even at nursery, they said that these last two days he's finally becoming affectionate. But he hugs Tom every day he never hugs me so this sometimes is hard (laughs) yeah like I just take out like the word mother I I just want to be that person who's going to really like guide him like my dad has been guiding me through like my personal growth which is what we are here for Mm. and then for all of the fun that goes with it but Tom is definitely a much better playmate than I am (laughs) I'm not that fun so
0: what's he taught you about yourself so far
1: I don't know if it's really motherhood or also, like, being pregnant. It taught me, like, resilience, you know. I just knew that I had to make my way back to London. I had to just, like, go away, like, from Geneva and stuff. And that helped me find the strength. And because I had just had a baby and then I had been pregnant, I didn't imagine that I had even that strength in me anyway in the first place. But finding all of that through postpartum and pregnancy, it taught me that I had much more resources Mm -hmm. than that it teaches me to be more in the present as well to be more mindful when I'm with Hugo sometimes I'm conscious that we can Tom and I be both on our phones and you're just like you know you forget and you're like oh my god no we should just be yeah
0: yeah
1: much more in the moment that makes me slow down it teaches me to take things in he changes so quickly when he starts saying a few words you know you just like it makes you appreciate more every small thing or even like time and like life and how divine it is and it really shows you like the beauty of life i just can't believe i made him oh,
0: no i look at jesse i'm like i can't mm. believe we made
1: her And like when i was pregnant it's i was crazy, saying to isn't my, it i just couldn't believe it when i was pregnant i was into the doctor i keep having these dreams where i see these completely deformed baby that comes out and I had this dream where that baby would come out with like chips of teeth just stuck in his mouth. It was Whoa. awful. And it's awfully made and she was like, but why would you think that? Like, why wouldn't you give birth to a normal-looking baby? Because I was like, but how can I just <laughs> give birth to like, you know? Yeah. I look at him and I'm just like, and also like, he's so handsome. I'm like, ha, uh. I'm so flattered. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, you validate my beauty, I guess. <laughs> if someone doubts that I'm, I might be good looking, I'm like, well, he's my son, so what does yeah, that make look me? At him, yeah. look at him, look <laughs> him. No, I'm joking, no, but yeah, I just can't believe it. It's just so, I'm obsessed with it. like, you know, like, he's belly breathing, he's belly moving, he, like, the way he breathes, yeah, just the thing yeah, I'm obsessed with. Yeah. And
0: I'm like, I created this breathing machine i'm always looking like kids breathe properly like I yes don't. i'm, I'm the always billy. looking at Jessie. he's like, told me that i yeah. try
1: to do that i try to breathe for my baby yeah exactly
0: yeah exactly it's really interesting like mm. Jessie does she's just so naturally mindful and loving yes. the two things i try to be most she oh. just is so that fascinates me because i'm like well i believe we all were born with that so what are the layers that i've put on top that stopping me accessing yeah them? and the easy happiness yeah Oh my yeah. God, yeah, be easily happy. Oh. And also, yeah. she's taught me so much about feeling feelings. They just feel their feelings. Yes. In the moment. Well, you mean like expressing yeah. themselves? Yeah. Angry, just get angry. Yeah. They don't hold on to it.
1: Yes.
0: Them. It's
1: true, it's true. Yeah, Shigo is like that, like, he knows what he wants and he's not afraid to tell you, to show you. It's so good. He's just not, like, Chigo. like, you pick him up from bed, you just sleep for 13 hours, like, you're soaking in your own poop and pee and he can still say, no, daddy. I'm like, so you'd rather sit there and sit in all of this Uh, rather than, like, but no, it has to be your daddy and not me coming together. I was like, honestly, I appreciate the strength, the dedication, (laughs) <laughs> and then across everything also I love how resilient you know like you know like you watch them learning to crawl learning to walk it is like there's no stopping them you're gonna yeah. fall 10 times yeah for yeah. mine yeah. and back
0: up yeah I love that yeah I often like when I'm working with mums use that analogy of like how kids aren't making up stuff about themselves because they can't do it yet mm. they're not like oh I'm a bad person or I can't they're just like just try again Yes. Whereas I think adults, when we fail, we make that mean something about us. Yes.
1: Because kids just don't do that. They fully love themselves, don't yeah. they?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they fully do. Like, yeah. yeah. I think, I believe we're all born with that yeah. true self-love and then it gets healed away from yeah. society and very parenting and limiting beliefs very quickly. That's
1: definitely where for me, it's. I can see clearly... Like all of my issues, my internal insecurities start from, I think that when I was very young, I was very fully aware of me, Freddie. So that's why I also say, like, before I'm a woman, before I'm black, I'm Freddie. I love saying that. Some people think I have identity issues, but I don't. I remember having that strong sense of self, and I remember thinking that I was, I've always thought I was smart. Yeah. And then that, you know, I would always drink big. I'm going to have this and have that and have this and have that. And I went like to private school, so, that was, so and then I started being exposed to different Social background, you know, like then slowly you start seeing like people or even teachers like putting those limitations, you know, like suddenly, you know, you're not necessarily told, but you're meant to feel that actually, no, you're a girl. So this whole time you were saying that you were going to go there, you won't. And then, like, no, girl, you're black. Like, that's not going to happen. And I think for me, it's always been this fight, you know, like this disparity between how I was, how I started to feel. When I was younger, and how all of those limitation has been forced upon myself as I grew older, and mm. then you know, like you just feel suffocated. It's like a
0: straitjacket, isn't it? Yeah, that's most of the work that exactly in I like like coaching the, is, just, the, is help people just shed those. Yeah, it's really interesting, and they're always the same, to be honest. It's really I, interesting. <laughs> different <laughs> phrases, different people, different situations. Core, yeah, always the same. No, but I always say to people, and that's because that's what I do with myself
1: a lot is. We don't investigate our feelings enough, for example, like, but it's it's true. I feel like I talk too much, but it, but it's actually a fact, but I used to hate myself for it. like why do you feel like you speak too much you know and, and you go back to and why is that, and why is this yeah. and why is that yeah because someone when I was three told me to shut up you're and a then chast- uh, you're a chast- yeah so, and then you know and then when you're small and your life you know you, you don't have problems so a problem like something would seem so big for you so huge and then you grow up but you don't reflect and then that problem should be smaller but you grow with the proportions of it yeah so if that's something that would take 70% of your mind before like that you're going to grow with That thing still occupying a lot of space Mm. in your head. Mm. When really, if you investigate by asking yourself a lot of questions, oh, and why this? Oh, okay. And why? And why? And why? And why? You realize the word comes from. That should have zero that, value now.
0: Exactly. Is that what you do in the She Unleashed
1: yeah. process? Okay. It's really like, yeah, I always say like, just let's debunk the drunk. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like really like the debunking. And that's something that I do constantly. I feel like I've done a lot throughout the years, but you know, but like things come back to surface. Like every time insecurity shows up, you know, like you need to go back. And yeah, like can debunk it, but it's not always easy no. because we don't really ask deep questions. Yeah. You know, why do I feel like that? Yeah. Don't leave it at that. And why that? And why that? And why that? And
0: why? And why? And why? And yeah. then you will find. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, what are you working on both professionally and personally at the moment?
1: I'm planning a world domination. And trust <laughs> me, it is not easy. It is not easy. So (laughs) where do I start? So what I do anyway, so I have like my brand I call Freddie Harold, because then I have big hand of gear. So like my whole Instagram and blogging, so so, it is a lot of like brand collaborations. But then, with She Unleashed on the back of it, when I launched the workshop, because of that, I do a lot of talks and panels, which I love. She Unleashed had to take a back seat, which I'm really sad about. I really want to come, you know, with a newsletter and a new podcast, but I realized that I can't do everything. But the workshop, I'm rethinking it. Before it was a two hour one, I want to bring it like a really full day experience. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't lie to myself. I also have Big Hair No Care, which is my run of Afro hair extensions, made of premium synthetic. And with this, I really intend to shake the world of black beauty. I think initially I started that as a like, side hustle. And now I definitely can see how I can and how I'm going to setting up manifestations. Exactly. How I'm going to build an empire with that. We're having all these conversations around different privileges and how we fit all together like minorities and different sexual orientations and how we should make room for everyone and because we're recognizing all of how those rights are applying, i also want to bring the questions around our experiences you know and then like how we need to improve also our shopping experiences like for black women and you know and how we can also like empower ourselves through our hair and our beauty and with this so you know, we opened our US site last month and we had a pop-up there. So now we're really looking into ways to just move to New York like full-time and really go all out with this, like with Big Hand Care as well. So I think when I started being like a blogger and then Big Hand like, I was a blogger with a side business, I think slowly in the future, like I'm just going to be hopefully a businesswoman, businesswoman yeah. with a personal profile. Yeah. Yep. That's basically the switch that I want to to make. So, but, like, not that I want to make a switch now because I'm really enjoying all of the fashion collaborations that I do. Like, I love all of that. But I'm 31 at some point. I'm just, like, I won't be bothered with, like, photos yeah, and all yeah, of these yeah. things. Like, by the second, like, I only have one child. I think, like, when I'm going to have more,
0: am I going to be able to, you know, I don't know. And what about personally? Like, what are you working on? What are you trying to manifest or let go of? 2017, I
1: had decided that was the year where I was going to learn to dream big. Something that we hear a lot, dreaming big, but we find it hard to do. We don't dream big. Most people dream way too small. Yeah. Even when I say, oh, I'm going to make it an empire, like now I'm proud I've said it, even I'm in my m- manifestations, but... A year ago, I would be like, oh, who do you think you are? Don't speak like that. Like, people are going to wait to see what's going to happen. No one is. Like, everyone has their life going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's going to be like, Freddie said five years ago that Big Hand of Care would be this. Now, what happened? No one is going to say that. <laughs> so just dream big, dream away. But this year, I feel like was the year I was going to come through.
0: Your action-taking year?
1: I want to find my voice. It right. was the year where I really want to find my voice and be comfortable with all of it. So owning my experiences, the past one especially, like owning them, what is part of me and not denying any of it owning my opinions and things happen and you know like recently I did a video about interracial marriage and I I just did that for a family 29 I didn't think it would go anywhere else and then it went viral and that's kind of like a topic where people would have different opinions and then some people were like saying things and they're just like no I own my opinions I'm not going to back away from that and this also happened because I said I was going to come through this year I'm being tested at every single thing and it's not even tested it's like you said you wanted that. So, you know, I'm going to give you the opportunity to set your intentions even harder. So the year I found my voice, you know, like my dad was my best friend. I used to think the day he goes, I'm not going to be able to survive, which is what I think Hugo was born a year before. That was to keep me alive. Yeah. And then I've always thought that after that, you know, like that was my biggest fear, the biggest fear ever in my whole life. I'm still here so like I'm literally like the the literal sense living beyond the fear fence this year you know
0: yeah the worst happened and i'm still
1: standing yeah so it's really time now to even come out Mm -hmm. even more so that's Mm -hmm. my challenge and you know like when i said i wanted to do a podcast but i was too nervous to do it this year i'm like no i can't it's mostly finding the time to do it but i'm gonna help you do (laughs) that
0: and then i always ask the same question at the end of every interview which is if you could give all the mums in the world just one thing what would it be and why it can be a thing or it can be time or love or anything.
1: That's a good question. Maybe some uh, me time alone with like a nice bottle of wine. I think more time to reflect on yourself. Because I think that's something that we don't do enough even before. Like even before we have other people in our lives, we don't investigate who we are enough. And I think that when we have children what we are gets kind of like shaken anyway. And then you feel like you even have less of the time or you don't feel like you have the, the ground to even focus so much on yourself because no, now you have this new responsibility. So I would give mothers a hamper full of everything they love and a night off, two oh, nights off. To journal. Yeah, to journal. <laughs> to don- and with the best sheets and mattress and the best bed, oh, like, like wow. a
0: whole 360 holistic me time experience my god that sounds so nice (laughs) well thank you so much no thank you for having me so that's it thank you for listening to the episode i hope you really enjoyed it and if you did please do leave a review on itunes it does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content if you were listening to that episode thinking about one of your friends i'd be very grateful and also if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode then please pop over onto instagram at motherkind underscore zoe and also just to let you know about my coaching so i do work one-on-one with mums on my program which is a three-month program called reconnect to you so if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life then please do get in touch just drop me an email zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website www.motherkind.co that's it and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day take care